Thanks for listening to this sermon recording from Liberty Family Church in Hillsville, Victoria, Australia. All of our sermons are available for free online, and we encourage you to subscribe to our sermon podcast through iTunes or by clicking the button on our website. If you'd like to know more about what it means to follow Jesus, or would like more information about our church, head to www.libertyfamilychurch.net.au. God bless you, and we pray that this sermon recording encourages you and strengthens your faith in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, we just thank you so much for the way that even today our service has reflected different aspects of your character, your creativity, your holiness. Just in so many ways, God, we have just gained such a beautiful picture of of the wonder of your character and who you are. And we just thank you for that, God. And Lord, we pray this morning that as we continue in our series, Heart for the Lost, Lord, that you would make your gospel come alive to our hearts. That you would make your gospel come alive in the deepest places of our hearts. So, Lord, we would be people who share the good news out of a revelation of the good news, not out of duty or obligation. We pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. How do you see or view people? What, what is it that compels you or guides you in how you interact with others? You know, these are really important questions for anyone on the planet to ask, really, if we think about them. These are questions of ethics, how we treat other people, how we view other people. And especially for those of us who follow Jesus Christ they're really important to consider and and grapple with. How do we see people? What compels and guides us in our interactions with others? Everywhere we go, whether we like it or not, we're going to encounter people. We engage with people in our homes, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our universities, as we do the normal things of life, like go shopping or fill up our car with petrol. Everywhere we go, we encounter other people. And some of the people that we encounter with life, in life are pleasant and they're kind and they're considerate toward us. And maybe it's just me, but some of the people we encounter in life aren't. Some people are really easy to interact with and view in a positive light, whilst others just aren't quite so easy to get on with. Now, I'm being really honest here, but if we are honest with ourselves, even some of the people closest to us, we really, uh, we really enjoy interacting with and naturally feel affection for. And then there's others who are close to us that maybe we really don't really want to spend too much time with. Maybe they're family members or I don't know. Who, I don't know who that might be for you. But if we're honest, we can really struggle when it comes to feeling genuine love for all people. Is that true? So whilst this is true, and it is, it's, it's our experience as humans. We will regularly encounter people who are easy to love and will regularly encounter people who are more difficult to love. Whilst we know this to be true, 
we also know that Jesus has called us to be people of love. People of love who share his love with others. Jesus commands us to be people who love God and love others. In Mark's Gospel, chapter 12, verse 30 to 31, this is Jesus. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. You know, Jesus has called us to be people of love who share his love in deed and in word with others. God invites us to be his witnesses and we are called to love people with his love because that is one of the key ways that he actually reveals his love to other people through us. Ultimately, God wants to reveal himself and his life-changing gospel through us to every single person that we engage in in life. And isn't it good to know that when we do slam the door on someone else from time to time, as we all do, that we, God will often give us another opportunity where we can then more accurately reflect the gospel. I need that. I can tell you now. You know, Paul, as we looked at last week, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.20 that we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. In a very real sense, we are called to represent Jesus to others as we go about our everyday lives. Now, sometimes we're reminded of these truths and we instantly feel a burden. Yeah? Sometimes we're reminded of these truths and feel a burden to go and do these things because we know we should do them, not because we actually have a heart that longs to do them. Would anyone agree with that? We know we're called to love others and we know we're called to share the good news of Jesus with people, but often we find ourselves struggling to actually have the, the very desire, the, the deep heart to love others in this kind of way. We all too often, as I think about my own experience, we can love others and we can take steps in sharing the gospel with them out of compulsion, out of a sense of knowing that it's what we should do, not because we genuinely long to see their lives radically transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm sure if anyone can relate to my experience in that, I'm sure you'd agree with me when I say this is not the way that we want to live life. This is not the way that we want to live for Jesus. This is not the way that Jesus, this is not the abundant life that Jesus opened up for his followers. None of us want to love others and share the gospel from a place like that. So the question is, how do we become faithful witnesses for Christ who have a genuine desire to share and interact with others with God's heart? How do we do that? How do we grow as people who aren't turned off by other people's appearances or behaviours or anything else, but actually see people as God sees them? How can we develop God's heart so we really want to love people and share the gospel with them and play our part in seeing the lost become found? How do we do that? The Apostle Paul 
in his encouraging letter to the church in Corinth. He answers these questions really clearly for us. Like it's, it's plain as day there in Scripture for us. I think you'd all agree that the Apostle Paul was what you would call an incredible witness for Jesus Christ. Like if you're looking at someone to follow in his example, I think we'd be safe if we followed the Apostle Paul. And the words that he wrote in particular in 2 Corinthians 5, chapter 5, verse 14 to 21, they explain exactly what it was that caused him to give himself completely to God. What it was that, why he actively pursued a lifelong ministry like he did and the mission of loving people by sharing with them the good news of the gospel. Paul, Paul writes it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So let's turn there now. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, reading from verse 14. Here it is, straight up. This is Paul. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all. Therefore, all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him for who their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I love this scripture, and I love how God lays same scriptures on different people's hearts without them even knowing. What was it for Paul? What was it that led Paul to fulfill his ministry and mission on earth with joy and with passion, with a pure heart that was sold out to loving God and loving others until the very end? What was it? The love of Christ. The love of Christ. Paul had a heartfelt, deep, clear appreciation and gratefulness for the very message that he was tasked with to share all around the world. Paul was, as he says in verse 14 here, he was controlled, or other translations interpret this word as compelled to share the good news because of the love of Christ. Let's get this really clear this morning. Because it's important for all of us. 
as we, you know, we're on this journey of, of going deeper in, in what it means to be people who bear, are bearers of good news and are witnesses to the very ends of the earth and witnesses in our friendship groups and our workplaces and our schools and our universities. This is really important that we really get this. Paul passionately shared the gospel because he didn't just receive and then mentally agree with the good news, but he allowed the gospel to live and move and transform his very heart and natural desires. Yeah? He didn't just receive and mentally agree with the gospel, but he allowed the gospel to live and move and transform his very heart and his desires. Paul received it. He allowed the gospel to change and shape his heart. And then as the gospel worked in his heart, it caused him to well up and be filled with gratefulness to Jesus for how he had treated him with such love, mercy, and compassion. It caused Paul to develop a genuine burning desire and a passion to share the good news of the gospel with others because of the love of Christ. Let's just walk through this passage again, 2 Corinthians 5. It, it's the gospel, isn't it? It's, it's an articulation. It's a really clear explanation of the gospel and how it changes life. No wonder, no wonder Paul was such a willing witness for Christ. Verse 14, he says, I'm compelled by the love of Christ. The love of Christ is my fuel. It is my everything. This is why I am who I am. This is why I do what I do. This is why I can say in the face of horrible sufferings and beatings and being shipwrecked three times, God, you're still good because of your love. Verse 15, because of Christ's love, Paul says that he no longer lives for himself, but he lives for others. He's like, I'm off the throne. Jesus, you're on the throne and I'm here and others are here. I'm going to put others' needs before my own. Verse 16, Paul says that living in light of the gospel changes the way he views and interacts with people. No longer does he regard people according to the flesh, according to worldly values and standards. You know, so when someone, someone beats him, Paul doesn't seem, well, I'm sure in the moment he sees him as, as a pretty average human being. But before too long, the love of Christ that is fueling Paul and is the very power that is, is pushing him along in ministry and life reminds him that once he too was like that and he goes, oh yeah, that's right. Jesus, you're better than this. If I have to go through this, I'm going to do it for you. And I'm going to share the gospel with this guy, you know? No longer does Paul see according to worldly values or standards. Verse 17, Paul, Paul owns this reality. Of all people, Paul was, the, as he says himself, the worst of sinners. And Paul explains how that new believers become new creations and how their old self when they're in Christ, when they have what theologians call the imputed righteousness of Christ, which is not anything we can do, but it's a gift from God, we are declared righteous by God, 
They've got a new self. Their old is gone. This is what Paul is pointing out. And then in verse 18 and 19, Paul's explaining that God is the giver of these gifts and explains how believers are reconciled to God through Christ and now have been given the very ministry of reconciliation that we're talking about and can be at peace knowing that God doesn't hold their sins against them at all. God doesn't hold our sins against us at all. And verse 21, Paul then continues to explain what this means. Believers are ambassadors for Christ, representatives. They go on with his authority, representing him. And God makes his very salvation appeal through believers who have become the righteousness of God because Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, was made to be sin for our sake. Wow. That is a powerful explanation of the gospel right there, isn't it? I'm sure, even just as you've allowed the words of that passage to just fall into your head and and sink down to your heart, I'm sure you can see why Paul was such a passionate follower of Jesus Christ. I'm sure you can see why Paul gave his whole life to serve and honour Jesus. Paul lived the life that he did because the gospel gripped his heart. Paul lived the life he did because the gospel was not some theoretical concept or something that he accepted back in 69, but it continued to daily grip his heart. The gospel sat deep within Paul's heart and the effect that it had deep within was that it caused him to love God and love others authentically. Paul owned and he was deeply shaped by the gospel. And I think it's pretty clear from, his, from Scripture, isn't it, that he had a genuine desire to see others experience that same power and new life that he himself experienced. You see, friends, the gospel changed everything for Paul. Everything. And the very same gospel that changed everything for Paul can change everything for us too. Recently, Laura and I have started some more theological studies, which has been really cool. Uh, We are very much people who, who love the Word of God and and love continuing to grow in the gospel. And so we have just recently, we only, only last week we started a course um, that is looking at, among other things, funnily enough, the gospel. And how as churches we maintain this kind of gospel-centeredness as we grow and move and, and continue to, to do what God's called us to do and we, as part of the course, we were asked to read a book called Centre Church by a pastor called Tim Keller, which is a great book. It is a dense book. So if you like dense books, it'll be right down your alley. If you don't, you can have it next to Leviticus to put you to sleep at night. 
And one paragraph in Tim's book, it, it really spoke powerfully to what God is encouraging us in today. Here's what Tim writes in Centre Church about this gospel. The gospel is not just the A, B, Cs, but the A to Z, he'd say, of the Christian life. It's not accurate to think the gospel is what saves non-Christians and then what mature Christians, what matures Christians is trying hard to live according to biblical principles. It is more accurate to say that we are saved by believing the gospel and then we are transformed in every part of our mind, our heart, and our lives by believing the gospel more and more deeply as our life goes on. So good. Friends, the gospel is good news when we first come to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And it remains good news for us. That's, that's God's heart. God wants this to be the very thing, the love of Christ. He wants this to be the very fuel that is fueling each of us on as we walk the road called life. If we allow the gospel to truly take root in our hearts and minds and lives, everything will change for us. Everything. We don't try hard to do the gospel aside from the gospel. Yeah? Has anyone ever tried that? It's hard and you end up hating the very thing that you first loved because you're doing it by works and not by faith in allowing the Holy Spirit to work in you. The gospel is the very thing that transforms our minds, our hearts and lives and enables us, here's the key, enables us to see people as God sees people. And then... Once we've seen people as God sees people, all of a sudden there's this natural desire and a natural ability too, or a supernatural ability to authentically and passionately share the good news with others. Think about this for a moment. This isn't my neighbor, by the way. This is just a hypothetical, just to be clear. <laughs> You've got a neighbour. The neighbour is not the kind of neighbour that if you had the neighbour lottery where you could select someone from a list of five that you would have as your neighbour. The neighbour's rude. The neighbour is incredibly insensitive, self-serving. This neighbour is one of those neighbours that just seems to have a party every night plays loud music well into the night. And before too long, you start seeing them as a real pain in the... Yeah? And you find it really difficult to tolerate them, let alone love them and be God's ambassador to them. Has anyone ever had a neighbour like that? If your neighbours don't actually admit that. But here's where things can change. What if we apply the gospel... To this situation. As you think about your neighbour and as you allow Holy Spirit to continue to shape your heart and your mind and your life, you remember that prior to Jesus changing your heart, you were rude. 
you were insensitive. You were actually pretty self-serving too. You're, you're reminded that while you didn't necessarily have endless parties, playing doof-doof until all hours of nine, your life was filled with plenty of noise that wasn't particularly pleasing to God. And then you remember the wonder of the gospel, the good news as it applies to you. Jesus saw your rudeness, your insensitivity, your self-serving ways, all the ways you filled your life with everything but him. He saw all of that. He knew you for who you really were, not the person that you projected yourself as being to others. And you know what? Despite your state, he chose to love you and sacrificially gave his very life for you. He gave everything. Suddenly, by allowing the gospel to rise up and shape our hearts and our minds and life, everything changes. All of a sudden, believe it or not, you can empathize with your annoying neighbor. In fact, no longer do you see him as annoying, but you start seeing him as a precious person created in the very image of God. Soon you find your feelings toward him turning from those of maybe hatred or just frustration to those of genuine concern and love. Before too long, you realize that as you look at your neighbor across the fence when you put the bins out at night, you're not looking at him with daggers, but you're actually looking at him with new eyes, new perspective. You are because the gospel is alive in your heart, in your mind, and in your life. You're seeing your neighbor as God sees him. Through the eyes of love with the heart of the Father. Friends, the gospel is our fuel. The gospel changes everything. And one of the things it changes is the way that we see the very people that God calls us to love ourselves and share his good news with. It changes it. When our hearts have been truly captured by the gospel, we are suddenly free. We are freed to live in the light and through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we can truly love others like Jesus loved us. Not under compulsion, but freely, with joy. I'm wondering today, would you say that the gospel has changed everything for you? Maybe you're here and you've never heard about this gospel before today. Well, I want to encourage you, and I know God wants to encourage you, to make today the day where you hear more. But not only do you hear more, you believe and you receive Jesus as Lord and Saviour. Good news is, as Paul says in Romans 10.13, 
Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. Call out to him in faith. You will be saved. So if that's you, I want to encourage you. Choose to come to Jesus today. Make today the day when you know his life-changing love and allow the gospel to take root in your heart. I'd love to pray with you in a moment to receive that. Maybe you're listening and you've received the gospel, but if, if you're honest, if you're honest, you know that this gospel, that the good news isn't sitting where it should be sitting right now at this moment. Maybe for you, you've, you've heard the gospel, you've received the gospel through faith in Jesus Christ, but you recognize that the gospel, it's, it's not doing the work that it could be doing in your heart, in your mind, and, and in your life. God wants to encourage you today. Make today the day where you allow him, through Holy Spirit, to renew your love and gratefulness for the incredible gift of the gospel. Choose that today. Choose today to receive prayer so that you can experience afresh the life-changing power of the gospel, can again see people through God's eyes as he sees them, and then be empowered and free to share the gospel, not out of compulsion, but out of love and joy. If that's you, I'd like to invite you in a moment to come forward and receive some prayer. So Maybe, Laura, if you can just... Play, that would be great. So as Laura just strums away for a moment, we're just going to have a minute or so of personal reflection time. So just encourage you where you're at, just to really tune in to God and invite Holy Spirit to speak directly to you through what's been said today and how that applies to you. Friends, the gospel changes everything. And the gospel has the power to continue to change everything. The gospel's not a, a one-time thing that, that we receive and then we kind of try and work it out in our own strength. But the gospel is the very thing that God wants to be our present, sitting deep within us at all times. The love of Christ is what compels us to be Christians, to be witnesses. And so if you're here today and you feel like you just want to 
You just want a fresh touch from God. You just want that gospel to be sitting deep within your heart. I just invite you to come forward and receive prayer. God just wants to see us free, friends. God wants to see us free in the gospel so that the good news isn't just news that we know of and and can articulate theologically, but so that we own it, so that it's ours. It's our very heart. So if that's you, if you would like to receive prayer, please just come forward and we're just going to we're just going to have a time of prayer. Or if you're here today and, and you, you've never received the gospel before, you, you maybe don't even know what the gospel is in its entirety, I'd love to pray with you as well to receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. friends, God bless you. God bless you. I just want to pray for for all of us that the gospel would be that good, good news to each of us and that Holy Spirit would continue to make us centered Christians ourselves with the gospel firmly at the center of our very lives and our very hearts. Sound good? Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much that your good news is not just good news, it's the best news. There is no news better than the good news of Jesus Christ. So we pray, God, that you would continue to make the gospel alive in our hearts. Holy Spirit, that you would continue to give us passion and joy and all of your attributes, your tenderness, your mercy, all of these things that aren't, don't come from our own abilities, but come supernaturally as we grasp and enjoy and behold the wonders of your gospel. 
Oh, Holy Spirit, take us deeper in the ways of the kingdom. Make us more like your son. For each of us here, God, and all of those listening, we pray, Jesus, that the love of Jesus Christ would be the very fuel of our lives. That as we do everything we do, as we, as we go to work, as we go to school, as we engage with friends, with family, Lord, that it would be the love of Christ that would be spurring us on, encouraging us to be those faithful witnesses to you as we have just the gospel sitting deep within us, causing us to overflow with love to all those around us. So we thank you, God. We thank you that you are going to take us deeper in this and that as you take us deeper in this, naturally, we are going to begin, or even more so, we're going to see more and more people as um, where they're at and how you see them so that we can share the good news with them as you lead us. So guide us in that, God, we pray. Make the gospel come alive in our hearts so we can share the good news alive with others. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen.